Alright guys, welcome to the Union Fitness Podcast. This is your host CJ Campbell with co-host uh, General Manager Todd Hammer. Today we are going to talk to the Director of Personal Training, Curtis Miller, who just completed a powerlifting meet along with several other members and staff of the gym. And uh, we're going to touch on that today, how Curtis found his way to Union Fitness, and uh, some other random stuff if we end up coming up with it. I'm going right. to add in that Curtis's title, we're in the process of changing it. The director of customer engagement as we feel it's important that Curtis isn't just here for the personal training clients but to get people in the right position in the gym whether it be classes whether it be just a general fitness membership whatever um, so anyone listening you know you're curious of where you fit in the gym ask Curtis he'll tell you yeah yeah no doubt thanks for having me on yeah thank you Curtis uh, so I know we had a bunch of people compete uh, last weekend so we want to bring you on to kind of get a rundown from uh, the people in the gym, what they did, tell us about the meets, how they did, what your thoughts are on yourself personally in the meet, the training leading up to it. So kind of give you the mic and go. Yeah, so first thing, I mean, I've never been anywhere where we had this many, like one gym had this many people competing in a meet. So wait, you, you've never, you, you don't train at Westside? <laughs> I uh, I tell people that I've trained at Westside before, so no, not at all. <laughs> but, um, it, you know, we had a total, initially, we were going to have a total of 13 people, right? Um, which is which is awesome to begin with because I think last year in the same meet, there were like three guys. Okay. from Three or four, I could be wrong, but I ended up going to the meet. Um, so the fact that we went from that to a potential, it was going to be 13 people, yeah. you know, some, some people got hurt and some people couldn't make it. So we still ended up having 13 people, or excuse me, 11 people, including myself. And we had, just real quick, uh, male, female, which Two, two females? Or one? Yeah, yeah, there were two. Okay. No, there were three. Three females, i Yeah, yeah. So we had we had Sarah, who's been a member here. She competed the day after. Okay. Um, so she completed her first ever powerlifting meet on Sunday, which was really, really cool. And then we had uh, Kate and Yessi, who competed on Saturday. So that was neat to see. Um, I, everybody did great. Um, I know some people didn't have the day that they wanted. Some people did, but that's part of the sport. That's that's what happens. Um, I mean, just just to go down the line real quick, I want to give everybody credit. We had our very own CJ, the wizard. The others, the others, yeah. the others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have heard of the CJ. <laughs> his it was his second meet. Yeah. Um, we had Kate, we had Derek, uh, Nick, Joe, John, Cody. The, the dynamic trio, the three musketeers there. Um, yes. And, and, if you, and if you ever want to have fun here listening to, listening to this, please come watch those three train together because it's like night, day, and dusk. Yeah, yeah. D- dusk three, is a good word. Dusk. Yeah. Yeah. Cody's dusk. Yeah. Um, it's three independent characters and they're all great lifters and they're all right, but man, yeah. are they different. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, then we had uh, Brian. Uh, Jabez, myself, and then Sarah on Sunday. So, um, for the most part, everybody left with good, strong PRs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like ha- half the crowd, like they've only done a couple meets. Yeah. So, th- that's, man, that's the hardest part, right? Is like getting up on the platform just to begin with. That's nerve wracking enough. So, in my mind, that's a PR right there. Absolutely. Um, doing something that a lot of people are just scared to do. Yeah. Um, and you can prepare as, as, much as you can going into a meet but there's always going to be things that happen on meet day that you're not prepared for right so you can only control so many things going to the meet and then when you get there there are things that are out of your control um 
we had some people that had a few injuries. Like, you're never perfect going into a meet. Yeah. Um, we had some people that were battling some injuries that prevented them from doing what they wanted to do. Um, again, that stuff happens. But overall, just really happy with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, be, being there, I thought it was great to see the fact that there were so many lifters. So many people came out to help those lifters. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a long, hard day, and I know, you know, there were some, some close calls and some lifts that, you know, could have gone either way, and just we didn't, some guys didn't get the calls that, that I probably thought they deserved. Sure, and that, sure. That, that's, but I think that's part of the beauty of all of the lift is that, you know, compared to football or basketball or any other sport, like, this is it. This is your one shot, truly. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is no tomorrow in powerlifting because sure. tomorrow is six months away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> I, you know, I know we had one person who struggled. I, I walked up to her and said, hey, and that's the beauty of this sport mm-hmm. is that this gets to eat at you now for six months. Yeah. And so when you don't want to train, when you want to not work as hard, when you make a mistake in your training, think back to this moment, you don't want it again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how do you respond to, to something like that that happens? I mean, there's it's really it's really black or white it's you either get frustrated and you let it affect you or you learn from it and you get better yeah it's really no in between so um and i you know there's no doubt that what we have going on here like even if somebody does have that mindset like man you know that didn't go my way i don't know what to do everybody else that's in here is not going to let that person you know get away with that mindset yeah you know everybody here picks each other up and and you know, helps each other learn. So you got people that have done, you know, 15 meets in here and you have people that have done their first. So, and there's some, even the people who have done 15, like there's something they can learn from the person that did their first and, and vice versa. Um, I think, I think as a whole, as, as a, as a crew, right. I think we could do a couple things better. Um, I think in training... No, we're in charge of this place to tell us what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, accountability, right? And on Saturdays, we pretty much all squat together, Yeah. right? And everybody pretty much takes the time to watch the other person squat. Now, like, some people may be on one mono, some people may be on another, but nobody's usually going at the same time. So we need to do a better job of, like, speaking up if we see something, Um whether it's squat depth, whether it's form technique, whether it's even like mentally how they're approaching the bar. Um, speak up. Don't be afraid to hurt somebody's feelings temporarily. Um, now, as long as you're not being an asshole, right? <laughs> but like if you go about it constructively, that person might get upset for a little bit, but in the long run, they're going to understand like you're, you're trying to help them out. And even if they don't know, like take them after the session off to the side and say, look, like this is why I was doing that. So I think that's what we could do a better job of. Yeah. Um, and, and me as, like, I'm kind of new here. Um, so I was trying, for a long time, I was trying to find my place within that. It's like I've, you know, these are people that have been training together for years. Where do I fit in? Where do I fit in right now? And, like, at this point, I think I, you know, I yeah. think I understand. But back when we first started training, it was one of those things I was trying to feel out. Um so, I, I think you hit the nail on the head too with, with something that's so important is not having an ego or knowing when to allow your ego to be your ego mm-hmm. and knowing now knowing when to allow your ego to be put on the shelf because mm-hmm. like you said we have lifters here who have lifted 15 meets we have lifters here who have one to their first meet 
we people that don't want it, people will be strong. And I think when you're, you're you're in a group, it's me and my wife were talking about this on the ride in today. She wrote in to work with me, and it's like whenever someone says to you, "Hey, don't do this," they're telling you because they get, care about you. Mm-hmm. They're not saying it because they're they, you know they they care about you. They don't want you to do something that's either going to hinder yourself, the team, the people around you, whatever. And we talk about it with our son. We have a no cell phone policy at dinner. Mm-hmm. You can't have your cell phone out at dinner. And each once in a while, one of us breaks it. You know, like, oh, Curtis, text me. I got to check this out or whatever. It's always put your phone away. Does he call you out? What's that? Well, Does Tenzin call we, you out? We all call each yeah, other yeah, out. Yeah. And immediately, I always catch myself, my first response is, shut up. You know? <laughs> but then I'm like, no, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And I think that's no different than lifting is is when someone calls you out, it's, it's you know, the coach I worked with at, at George Washington University used to always say, accountability is love and love is accountability. Mm. True. Yeah. You know, Tough I think love. what you just said, yeah. 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 yeah you got to say to someone, hey, man, that sucked. Yeah, you're better than that. It's, you know, when it's on the spot, yeah, and it's in front of everybody. It's hard. It yeah, it's hard and it hurts, <laughs> yeah. right? But it's, it's sometimes necessary. Yeah, definitely. And the beauty here is everyone we're, we're adults. Mm-hmm. We should be able to take it. Yep. Well, and not just that too. When you have this many people competing for a meet in one gym, it also, you know, builds that bond and it creates trust. When you are honest, brutally honest with these people, and I haven't seen it when you guys are squatting on Saturdays, but. You know, like you said, they may their feelings may be hurt at the beginning, but after they take a little bit of time to process it, they simmer down. They're going to be like, "Wow, that person actually like cares about me True. and gives a shit." So now, my bond with him is a lot stronger now because he's looking out for me. Definitely. And I think it's the same thing in weight rooms with sports too. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, and it's just like you said, it's tough love, but it's extremely needed, especially when you have this many people going to the same meet and competing together. It's just a lot of accountability between yeah. a lot of people. So let me well let me let me twist it and ask you this. So, knowing that we need to work on our accountability as a as a group and everyone should, um, you know, I'm a believer that relationships dictate accountability. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and and so you know, what do you think are three things we need to do to build relationships that we trust each other enough and respect each other enough that because you said yourself if, if you're trying to find your spot in the gym it's hard for you to hold someone accountable. Because mm-hmm. you're trying to find where you're at in that puzzle, right? mm-hmm. mosaic, if you will. Uh, that's a big word for power. Um, but uh, but yeah, ha, you know, what are your thoughts there? Like, what what can we do better? Not just yourself, myself, but our lifters, our friends, our people we see mm-hmm. to to build those relationships. I think number one for me, and like, I've been fortunate enough to have a couple really good mentors, and one of the things I learned from them is like make it about more than just what the end goal is so like yeah we're power lifters but we're people um and and all of us as as people we have things going on in our lives and chances are like whatever those things are they fuel us for lifting so figure out what that is right bring it bring it down to like uh individual human level first um good chance that we have something in common right so if you and i just talk to each other about powerlifting or about sports like how do we really how can we fully connect if that's all we know but like if if i talk to you about your favorite car yeah Which yeah we, my favorite car yeah it's didn't a, know that yeah we shelby cobra car. Um, if you don't like a shelby cobra you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> that's Stop true um, but yeah i think i think building relationships a little bit deeper right um that's where you get trust 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you're listening to somebody, it's not hard to listen. Like, I, I should say, it's not hard to listen, but it's hard <laughs> to hear people, right? So like anybody can pretend like they're listening to somebody, but to truly like understand what they're coming where they're coming from, and not sit there just waiting to respond to what mm-hmm. they're saying. Like understand this person. You know, maybe you can help them, maybe you can't help them, but but the fact that you're building a relationship through that is is gonna get you that trust in the long run. I think that's the biggest thing for me. I I, I used to say something in college athletics, which I think kind of ties on what you said. I think you're gonna dig it. Is I would always say treat the human first, the athlete second, the sport third. I agree. And you have to deal with the human like as a person. Mm-hmm. Then you can worry about the athlete, and then you can actually think about the sport. But to me, if you don't care about them succeeding as a person, because, you know, uh, West Side vs. World came out and they talk about some of the ways they handle things. I always use that as a learning opportunity to say, and this is not, all, all due respect to Louie, I love Louie, and I've met Louie, and Louie's been great to me, but I don't want to be Louie. Yeah. You yeah, know, I, I just don't, and um, because of the fact that I don't want to live in the gym. Mm-hmm. I want the gym to be something I love. Yeah. And so I need to take a pull away from it so that I can come back and make, ooh, I want to lift you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only, there's such a small percentage of people that are that, like Louie. Yeah. But they want to live in the gym. Sure. And we need Louie. Yeah, yeah, we do. Because Louie, Louie changed the game. Yeah. Well, I um, mean, w- without people like that, the sport wouldn't be what it is. Yeah. Well, without people like that, training wouldn't be what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People train. It's, even if you don't use conjugate, concurrent, west side, whatever, he's changed the game. He introduced things that no one else was doing at the time. Um, and because of Louie, we are all different people. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean I want to be him. And I right. think that's that's a, that's the balance you have to have. Yeah. I think um, to, to feed off of that, and it's not directly related, but like sometimes I find myself wanting to live in the gym. And that's something that a couple of my training partners like bring up to me sometimes. It's like... You know, Casey told me this. Going forward, like you're, you know, you're strong and you're getting better, but you've got to train with a sense of urgency, right? And I, I tell him, I'm like, look, this is more than just training for me. Like, I love being here. I love these people. I love this place. But then in a day, if my if my goal is like to be the best, I can't live here. I can't work here all day, then train here, and then be like, oh, I don't have to go home yet. Let me just sit around here for a little bit longer. Yeah. Like, no. No, that's that's not going to be helpful. So yeah, need to kind of sometimes have a sense of urgency and yeah. like yes, it's a social place for a lot of us, but there's got to be a balance. I, I think that's something hard for people who don't work in a gym and a facility where you get trained. Like I think it's hard for people to understand when when you're training, when I'm training, whatever. We're at work, mm-hmm. you know, and and yeah, the work's pretty fun here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, remember like. I've been doing pull-ups and a new member comes in and I have to deal with that. Yes. Or, or the day we got we had a mouse loose in the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, a mouse got in here and it was like we're chasing the thing around with a yeah. broom and uh, trying to scoop it up at the same time. It's like I got another set to do. Yeah, we exactly. hit a set and then we'll find that mouse again. Yeah, I think um, I I think I saw him a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah. No, he was outside. Okay, he's outside. Yeah. He's good. So he's, he's good. good. Then. Yeah. He's good. He froze. Yeah, he's dead. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no but, mice were damaged. No, no not at all. But yeah, there's it. There's got to be a balance, and sometimes it's tough. Like, I came from a very commercialized gym. Um, 
you know, where it was all general population. I was I was the only powerlifter. Um, you did and, okay. Yeah, yeah. The only power. Did, yeah, did, did all right, right? <laughs> um, but you know, I had, I was doing like forty-five, anywhere from forty to fifty one-hour training sessions a week. So if I did get a break during the day, I would do like my main movement for an hour, yeah, and then I would and train clients, and then I would come back at night and do my accessories. Yeah. So like for that hour, it may be middle of the day when nobody's there, or it may be peak time. And it was hard mentally for me to get over the fact that some of my clients and potential clients are in here watching me lift this weight when a majority of people don't even know why I'm doing it, right? They don't even understand powerlifting as a sport. Um, so they see me in the corner, like, probably thinking my back's about to snap, you know? And they're like, why, why do I want to train with that guy? Yeah. Uh, or, did you bring that? Well, because they're, they're afraid that you'll end up making them like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Or programming for them that way. I just want to know if you use that nose torque stuff that you gave me that I could taste. Some days. Because if that yeah. stuff, let me tell you something. What was it called? Uh, uh, super nose torque, we'll call it. We'll, we'll leave the brand out. And you smell this stuff, and I swear to God, it goes into your mouth. Yeah. And I, I, I tasted it for about two hours. Yeah, it's Nick's, um, by the way. Nick, Nick that stuff yeah. worked, man. It gave me some PRs on Saturday. Yeah, that stuff, no. Smelling salt's good. I feel like it should be called like annihilation or something, because like, it annihilated your brain. Yeah, it, it, it's not good. It's yeah. not good. Um, if I have dementia in 10 years, we'll all die. Yeah. But no, I, like, yeah, someday if I'm working up to like a max effort deadlift, you know, like I'm in the corner, and like I would put myself all the way in the corner. Like if I could have put like curtains around me, I would have. But I, I couldn't. So, like, I'm over there, and at least I got my back to everybody when I'm smelling the smelling sauce. But um, it was hard. And, and yeah. how much has your life changed that you've gone from that to hiding in a corner and drinking a vanilla spice latte? <laughs> <laughs> I've grown, I've grown, we, we exposed Curtis. I've we grown in some him. aspects. You've retreated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Folks, just so we all know, uh, Curtis, uh, a few weeks ago, decided to diversify his palate. And start drinking lattes, and then it turned into all spice lattes. And now it's I vanilla. I vanilla. I mean, he came it's in an today. Yeah. He had his Mister Rogers cardigan on, a scarf, <laughs> a latte, and Ugg boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm becoming more, uh, more understanding with myself. I and <laughs> <laughs> I think it's helped me become a better person, better, uh, better lifter. Well, let's wrap it up then. <laughs> well, before we go, I actually want to go back to like us uh, treating people first and then athletes and stuff. And I think it, it bleeds all the way down to the high school level. I just want to touch on real quick. I grew up having fortunate uh, coaches that took the time, and we used to have one-on-one -on -one meetings um, every three months during the season. And they would never ask us about hockey. They would always ask, how are your parents? Do you have a girlfriend? You know, how are your grades? Mm -hmm. And that's all we would talk about for like that hour session. And you actually had the schedule with the coach. And I think that's what brought our team together because we ended up going to the Pens Cup that year and playing at PPG Paints Arena. Cool. And we were all completely different people. And that's how I feel you guys are with the powerlifting group. You're all different people. But when you come in here, you know, you're all going for one goal. So I think treating people like people first and athletes. Um, I think a lot of young strength coaches like me are missing the boat for that because they're so worried about programming and making sure everything's right and perfect, mm. but they never ask how that person's mm. doing when they come in. So one thing that I've adopted 
with my own clients here at Union, the couple that I have, and then all of my athletes back home, is I always ask how they're doing outside of the weight room first. And I tell them, I'm like, look, I can't control what you do when you walk out the doors or go out the gate or when you get picked up by your parents. But every time you come in, I'm gonna go over what you've done out there. That way you're not bringing that in here and you and I can deal with that on a personal level away from the team if we have to. Mm -hmm. And you kind of use me as a source. So I think that, and it gets even more to a deeper level when you personal train too. Yeah. When you yeah, start having conversations with people about their day at work, mm -hmm. stuff going on at home. Um, so I think that's a crucial thing to touch on. I just wanted to touch on that real quick yeah, because that's I, affected me as a young strength coach because I've adopted that from past coaches yeah, that I've had. So. I think it, it even as far as just like managing a gym, right? Every We have lawyers, doctors, accountants, whatever they are. But when they come through the doors, like it's the one time during the day that you don't have to be like that. And they look up to us and, and trust us and believe in us that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna help them regardless. Like they are the human first, they're individual yeah. first. And uh, like that's what makes this place so great. Yeah, they just don't wanna think about reality for an hour sure, that sure. they have with us. So yeah. you gotta make it that way. So to your left or go see a movie. And by the way, yeah. go see, we're gonna go see uh, Ferrari versus Ford. You know what? Ford versus Ferrari. You yeah, Ford that? versus Ford. You know what? I'm going home to visit my parents this weekend and uh, I haven't seen, I haven't been to a movie theater to see a movie in probably five years, Jeez. and I'm taking my parents to see that. Nice. Yeah, I'm nice. pumped to go see it. I, I, yeah. I, am, I am pumped to go see that movie, you know, and Shelby, since Shelby Cobra is everyone's favorite car, Carol Shelby is a major character in the film, yeah. go see it, everyone. Yeah. So any, so any last minute thoughts you got for us? Any, any nuggets? No, I think... Takes a deep breath. Nope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, be kind to people, dude. Like, it's not That's that hard. Is. You know, when I... Um, moving to the city was a big change for me, right? I have seen things that I didn't grow up seeing. And it kind of blows my mind every day, regardless of where I am, the fact that there are so many, like... There are a lot of kind people, Right. There are a lot of people treating people like they should be treated, but there's people that aren't, and uh, it's not that hard. Be kind yeah. of people. Ask them how their day's going. Um, see if they need help with anything. Hold a door, right? There's chances are there's somebody going through some shit, uh, and you may be too, and uh, you can help yeah. each other out, man. I just posted, That's what this is about. I just posted this cartoon picture on Instagram. It was uh, Mr. Rogers. It was the crocodile hunter, and it was... Um, man, I saw that. Yeah, it was a third uh, <laughs> and it was oh it was a Bob Ross. Yeah, yeah, Bob Ross. Bob Ross yeah, 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 be yeah. kind to yourself. Yeah. And above Mr. Rogers, be kind to others. And above uh the um crocodile Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin, yeah, yeah, be yeah. kind to animals. I was like, boom. You got everybody yeah. covered, man. We're good, man. Yeah. Well, you and I yeah. were just talking before we started recording this about perspective and stuff. That's all it is. It's just perspective. You don't know what someone's going through. You know? A smile a smile or a door held for someone that's as simple as it gets. Pass it on. Pay so. for someone to get into a meet. That's it. That's yes. it, brother. It's the easiest I, thing you could do. Yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate it, guys. And if you want to be kind and buy us coffee, we'll be sitting here. Yeah, I'm certainly up for it now. <laughs> coffee, I said, not vanilla spice chocolate. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening so much. We'll see you on the next podcast. Have an awesome day. We'll see you later. Bye. How long was it?